welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, well, the program's designed for someone just like me. Because, you know, there's a lot I don't understand. It doesn't have to be soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, sometimes a casual front porch-style talk with the pastors, the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Andrew Preuss of St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches in McGregor and in uh, uh, Gutenberg, Iowa. And I have my questions, and I'm sure you have yours. So you can send your questions by email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org or call in during the program. That's 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area, and that includes Metro East, or toll-free at anywhere in the lower 48 at 800-730-2727. Pastor Preuss, welcome back to the front porch. Hey, thanks for having me again. No problem. You know, I've, I've got a lot of questions for you today. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking okay. back. Yeah. Well, what we've got going on today, I mean, the uh, with this pandemic going on, there's no one alive. There are very few people alive today in this country who have ever experienced anything like this. Now, I know uh, I remember my, my mother talking about the Spanish flu epidemic when she was a little girl. But, you know, that was almost 100 years ago. And now we're faced with an, a very, very similar situation. And you know, the questions that were raised then, I'm sure are being raised now because this is something we've never experienced before in our personal lives. So have your, have your congregates been asking you specific questions, you know, and, and how are you advising them on the situation since neither they nor you have experience with it? Um, I mean, I don't think anyone's really asking me my opinion. Um, I, I guess I'll get, I mean, we, outside of just kind of a mutual sort of, uh, what do you think's going on? What do you think's going to happen? You know, because, um, as far as, you know, the, the, the whole social atmosphere goes, uh, and, and, you know, how, what the future's like, but as far as, uh, the theological, uh, kind of <clears throat> spiritual advice that I can give, um, I, I like to talk about how this reminds us of uh, our own mortality and that death is much nearer than we thought or that we like to to imagine. One thing that I that that I like to uh, encourage my parishioners to do also, though, is um, <clears throat> remember that you know they're going to be judging angels someday. You know, on the on the last day, they're going to be judging angels. They have the mind of Christ. And so they shouldn't be afraid to go and, um, you know, learn about this stuff, learn about the, look at the numbers, look at the studies that are coming out and, uh, and don't get, don't, don't be afraid. Um, because we know, we know how everything is going to end anyway. Christ is risen from the dead, right? He's going to come back and, and, uh, we're going to, even though we die, we're, we're going to live. And so we don't need to be afraid of just looking at, looking at some of the facts and, uh, trying to, just maybe think a little bit for ourselves. Um, I think that that's kind of a Christian concept, <laughs> you know. If it, that is, if our minds are are ruled by um, by the peace of Christ, um, the forgiveness of sins that He won for us. So, I don't think that you know, as far as the, the the question, more practical questions might be, how are we going to have church? How are we going to do? 
communion and stuff like that. Um, and those are things that we've, we've talked about, you know, we we're, we're starting to kind of have church again and, uh, not very, you know, not very many people are coming at this point, but, uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know what kind of questions do you have? I mean, I don't really, I can't really think of any particular questions that people ask me that would be unique for, for me as a pastor to answer, uh, um, at least not unsolicited questions. <laughs> Well, one of the things I was thinking of now, now your your congregations are in a rural area, and I suspect there's a lot of farmers among them. And you these know, people are not think that there there really aren't that many farmers among my current my members. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, usually in a rural area there is. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that the there is this impact that it's being held, you know, uh, second, third, and tertiary uh, impacts of the coronavirus, not only because people get sick, but because of the closed downs and the and the quarantines. And, uh, you know, the, the there's a concern about the food supply, you know, and the, the farmers mm-hmm. who can't sell their produce and have to get yeah. rid of it, you know, the, the, the animals that are being slaughtered because they can't sell them. This has got to be a, a terrible thing weighing on the, on these people. You know, how are they going to cope mm-hmm. with this? Yeah, um, I do have uh, I do have a parishioner who works at a meat at a at a meat locker. It's more of a local one that's uh, that doesn't you know it's not a it's not a huge one that that goes across, you know all around the the country. Um, but it's one that it's just a local one that people in the county. Um, surrounding areas would would get their meat from, <clears throat> and um, and I don't know if uh, at least so far uh, they're they've been able to continue, but I think that the meat the meat packing plants where they had to shut them down were were due to actual cases of coronavirus among the workers. So uh, yeah, that's just that's really sad. Uh, you know, when the people are people lose their jobs and. You know, and that's the other side of this too. Um, that uh, we need to pay attention to, and and you know that when we consider like the Ten Commandments, when we consider our lives according to the Ten Commandments. You know, there's uh, on the one hand, there's the Fifth Commandment that we don't want to uh, needlessly put someone else in danger, someone else's life in danger. Uh, but the on on the other hand, there's uh, there's the Seventh Commandment and the uh, the Ninth Commandment. Um, which require us positively to to help to uh, protect and uh, improve our neighbors' uh, property and income, and so we we should uh, you know in the tenth commandment urging our neighbor to stay and do his duty as well. You know, th- th- there's there's much more to this than just let's make sure that people don't die, um, because first of all we can't. We really can't do that 100%. So we got to make sure that we're not falling into some kind of this idea that that we're going to be the, the superheroes. We're going to prevent every bad thing from happening. Well, that's just ridiculous. That's not true, and uh, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be careful. But uh, as Christians, are what's required? That what, what we know that what's required of us is not results as much as just faithfulness. And uh, loving your neighbor. I mean, if you want to know how to love your neighbor, look at the Ten Commandments. And um, you know, do your duty that God has given you. Um, do, do be cognizant of your neighbor's health, but also be cognizant of your neighbor's income and his business and his 
you know, his home. And uh, I think those are all things to consider. And uh, but then also consider your own duty and realize that there's only so much that you yourself can do, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this has been I, I've been just, this is a lot of stuff that I've personally been thinking about. Um, and uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, I, I go back and forth. My wife and I spend a lot of time talking about stuff and reading articles and, you know, so, uh, but yeah, no, I agree that there's uh, that that's that's a that's a real issue that, pe- that we should we should pay attention to is is the economy because the economy. I mean, we can we can complain about how you have the the big wigs who are greedy and they get they 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 always seem to make a buck off of uh, other people's backs, but really what we're talking about are real people and their incomes and uh, you know their their livelihood and uh, we should care about that. Well, you've hit on an interesting point here. Uh, one of the things I'm thinking, uh, you know, Pastor uh, President Harrison uh, made a statement that we have to bear in mind, especially the Fourth and Fifth Commandments. You know, the Fourth is that we will obey the civil authorities, provided they do not violate God's law. And the other one is not to harm our neighbors, which means, of course, you know, you do what's necessary to prevent the spread of the disease to your neighbors and to other people. But you've also touched upon how some of these other commandments also play into this. And that's an interesting point. I'd like you to discuss a little further on how the Ten Commandments apply in this particular situation. Yeah, well, I mean, let's start with the first table of the law, the commandments one through three. Um, You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God and remember the Sabbath day by keeping holy. I mean, that's the first table of the law, to love God of all things, to... uh, to listen to his word, uh, to worship him alone. That, and that would include not being afraid of death, but fearing God instead of death. Uh, and, uh, and so that, that, you know, the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. Um, also, considering uh, uh, how you are going to be fed with the word of God and, uh, and with the sacrament, too. You know, if, you are in a, if you're in a position where, you are not, where your health is not as, as much at risk as others, um, and your pastor is made available the Lord's Supper, then you should take him up on it. You know, that's that's third commandment, you know, and uh, and you should be looking for ways to be able to, uh, you know, be nurtured in that and uh, and to encourage your other brothers and sisters in the faith to uh, to the, do the same. Um, and, you know, with the with the circumstances <clears throat> and look forward to when. Well, you, your church and maybe your maybe uh, you know some of our churches are already doing this um, to when they can start opening up with with their with using their precautions. Well, then we get and that's honoring God, you know, that we want to hear His word. Um, and so we, it's been a blessing that we've been able to have different venues like the internet and uh, mail. I mean, really, mail is snail mail is such a blessing, uh, and and uh, to be able to send people. Like I have a, I have a great lady in my congregation. She's just a godsend. She's kind of one of my volunteer secretaries. I got two ladies who do this, and and I'm so thankful for both of them. But one of them uh, will even send my sermons out to everyone who doesn't have email, and so that's just been great. And and it, it's really helped the communication. And uh, uh, but but going into the to the fourth commandment, then the fourth commandment you mentioned, you know, honor honor those in authority. But you know, it's interesting. Um, the fourth commandment says honor your father and your mother first before it says honor, 
the government. Um, so the government is that which is that authority which is really derived from the original earthly authority which God gave to moms and dads. And so I think with when we think of the fourth commandment, not only should we be thinking of you know our obligation toward the the civil authorities, um, both state and local and federal, um, but also uh, how our uh, uh, you know how the parents uh, in in the congregation um, you know how, what their duties are toward their children and what their children are uh, toward their parents. Um, I, I also consider um, your parent. You know, this is a time for many people that is a very difficult time, a uh, very difficult moment for their parents who are very old, um, who are uh, who are maybe stuck at home or stuck in a nursing home, you know, very lonely. So, you know, we talk about the Fourth Commandment, and we kind of in, immediately jump to government. Um, but remember, Fourth Commandment first says, honor your father and your mother. And I think we there, we should really talk a lot more about what what uh, how we can consider our uh, how we how we honor our parents and 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 our elders, um, who are uh, many in many are in positions of uh, great vulnerability. Um, so not you know not knocking the the the, the extension of that uh, you know being the, the civil government. Sure, yeah, give give your give honor to whom honor is due. But remember the primary authority that that God has given us in our lives, our first authority that we are to to honor is uh, mom and dad, um, and the extension goes from there. Uh, fifth commandment, we talked about that. Um, I think you summarized it well, you know, just be cognizant of other people's health and wellness and uh, don't put people in danger. Um, sixth commandment uh, is, you know, <laughs> that's one that, uh, you know, you could get into the issue of marriage. You know, a lot of people are home alone more with their spouses. And it can get really easy for uh, familiarity breeds contempt, right? So you can it can get really easy for those for your for your uh, your other half to get on your nerves. Um, and the sixth commandment requires us to uh, to love and honor our spouse and be faithful to our spouse, um, and also be be on our guard against idleness. Um, often, especially with the young, um, idleness leads to uh, uh, lust and looking up things on the internet, you know, stuff like that. And uh, we've got to be, be on our guard against that. Seventh commandment, uh, stealing. Again, you know, be pray for your neighbor's uh, property. Um, don't hoard stuff, you know, I mean, even because even though technically you're paying for it, you know, you're, you're getting it, you're, you're, uh, you're, but you're getting it, you're still getting it in a dishonest way if you are just hoarding it because then you're stealing from your neighbor who, who uh, you know, you're not allowing your neighbor to be able to have enough toilet paper or meat or whatever it is. Um, so be cognizant of that. Um, eighth commandment, that's a big one. Eighth commandment is, uh, you know, put the best construction on things. You know, don't uh, don't assume the worst about your neighbor. If you have a, you know, if you have someone who, who, who is uh, uh, afraid of coming to church, for example, when we start opening things up, put the best construction on him. Don't assume that he's, just doesn't care about God's word um, and, and sacrament. And, and also for those who do want to open things up, open up the church and push, push toward that. Don't assume that they don't care about people's health, you know, um, you know, don't allow the hype of things to, to, to uh, take away your love for your neighbor. Um, love covers a multitude of offenses. Ninth commandment I mentioned, you know, related to the seventh commandment. Don't, uh, you know, or, um, or relate to the, um, 
yeah, to the to the seventh commandment, you know, don't covet uh, other people's property. Um, that is, you know, pray again, pray for your neighbor's business, pray for his well-being, his livelihood. And then tenth commandment, urge one another to stay and do their duty. You know, don't. You know, it's funny. You know, we look at we look at other people who are in authority, whether that person is a governor or uh, you know other kind of state or or, or local or federal kind of. Um, official and we kind of think well i'd do it this way if i if i were in charge or i'd do it this way if i were in charge or you might even do it with your own pastor or your leadership in your church like well i'd do it this way and that way and and really we just gotta we we should lovingly um urge one another to stay and do our duty to be faithful to god um and uh and and so though yeah so that that's that's how i would kind of summarize going through the ten commandments and how we can uh, apply them to us during this time well, another thing I was um, I was curious about is you as a pastor, how do you take into account the situation? How do you talk to your congregation about this? Uh, again, you know, this is a, a situation that none of us have ever faced before, and this has to affect your thinking when you're writing your sermons and the message that you want to give. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. how you do that. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, some people, you know how Jesus says to his disciples, there are, there are, there are, there's more that I want to tell you, but you cannot handle it now. And of course he's talking about his death and his resurrection and, and, and the mysteries of the faith. And uh, so I think with, with, it depends on like, if I'm talking to someone who is really scared about this and like really, really, um, you know, uh, you know, just just really paranoid about this. Um, I'm I'm going to be very careful to not, you know, to 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 I'm going to be very very careful not to be not to come across as flippant or cavalier. Um, and if I and 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 I mean, my personal views on this uh, are, you know, I've become less panicky about it over over time. Um, which I'm sure is true of a lot of people. You know, there's we have more information um, about, uh, you know, about the um, about the virus, about how many people likely have it or have had it, and uh, so I, you know, just knowing more has kind of allowed me to kind of be a little bit calmer, um, which I, I'm sure is true for a lot of people. And and so so some people, and I talk one on one with them, are just you know, really panicky about it and maybe don't, don't, uh, all they know is that it's a dangerous virus, which it certainly is. And so I, I don't want to come across as though I am like beyond that. You know, I want to bury, I want to meet, I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to meet each person where he or she is and not just, just kind of talk at them and talk over them. But when I'm talking to everyone at once, like in a sermon, um, or if I send out an email or a letter to everyone, um, I just really, it's pretty simple. I just remind them that we fear God, not men. Um, and, uh, and that Jesus has taken away our sin and uh, saved us from condemnation and that he has risen from the dead and conquered death. Um, one, but other particular things that I like to really address that, that I, that I, I notice are common things for people to fall into is I warn people against um, carrying 
uh, more about what people think about them than they do about whether they're actually doing the right thing. You know, and I think that that's a great temptation. So for and and, and I feel this in myself, too, you know, so, um, for example, if you are going to church, for example, to take communion from your pastor, and some people might think that that's irresponsible, right? Um, that you should not let that bother you. You shouldn't make your decision based upon whether other people are going to think that you're being irresponsible, but rather you should make your decision based on whether you firmly believe that this is that this is pleasing to God, that this is what you need to do, and that you are not uh, uh, significantly, you know, that you're not putting anyone uh, in danger, right? That, that, that you are doing, that you are following with a good conscience, the protocol that the government has, has given you. So, so I think that that's a big thing is just having a good conscience, not being driven by fear, either of getting sick yourself or of uh, a fear of kind of being stigmatized, like somehow, you know, you are just, you know, irresponsible or whatever, you know, we we are going to be judged by God and we know what God's law requires of us. And that really is summed up in love God and above all things and love your neighbor as yourself and live by that. (laughs) So, so those are the kind of things that I touch on. Well, I know, um, in, in my case, you know, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm, let me rephrase it. I'm not afraid of death. I am afraid of the process of dying. (laughs) Now, uh, I have had flu in the past, not this one, fortunately, but I, I, twice I've had really bad flu and oh my gosh, you know, it was the, I, I knew I was on the road to recovery when I no longer actively wished to die. I simply no longer cared whether or not I lived. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's and that's part of the thing that I think we need to uh, to really get across to people is that uh, you know the road may be rough, but the end result is always going to be very very good. Um, yeah. And. And fortunately now, you know, we do have medicines that can give palliative care, that can uh, ease pain, ease nausea. Uh, frankly, I wish that went around when I had the flu, but... <laughs> yeah, sure. But, yeah. Uh, but this is the thing, you know, is that the fear, the fear, as I, as I said, the fear is in the process of dying, not in death itself. And uh, this is is one of the things I think that the Christian has, you know, you know, know, Jesus went to the cross. He knew he was going to die. And he even asked the father to get him out of it. Mm -hmm. And so right there, we have an example where, uh, where even Jesus was afraid of the process of dying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and what Jesus is doing there is he's burying our sin. And by burying our sin, he's, he's even burying our fear of death. Um, he's burying, um, and, he's, and, and in doing so, he's conquering it by entrusting himself to the Father and to his will. And so we see, we really see up close Jesus' obedience, his active and passive obedience. So his active obedience being actively doing what God has commanded him to do, and passively suffering, um, uh, suffering the sin that is placed upon him, suffering 
uh, that is our sin that's placed upon him, suffering God's wrath, suffering the fear of death. You know, it, it was very real for him. Um, Jesus wasn't a robot. He's a true man. And so, you know, this is, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great thing to bring up that, uh, you know, if you are afraid, whether it's the process of dying or it's death itself, uh, it, it's all the same kind of fear and, uh, Perfect love casts out fear. I, I kind of preached on that for a while around uh, around Easter, around the beginning of Easter, and uh, just talked about how the lo- Jesus made full satisfaction for sins. And no, it was my Good Friday sermon I talked about this, that you know, Jesus said, it is finished, it is complete, and, uh, and it is perfected. Uh, you, depending on how you want to translate it. And John says, says uh, perfect love casts out fear. And so what Jesus, in other words, what Jesus did was he perfected love in his obedience in our place. And, uh, and this perfect love, which is actually poured into our hearts, is what casts out fear. And so we still experience that fear of death because we still have our sin. And so the love that is poured into our hearts heart, is uh, as as long as it's within us, it's imperfect, and so we can't trust in that love that's within us. But we do trust in the love as it is fulfilled for us in Christ, and that does cast out our fear. And so, um, but yeah, I've I've heard that too. Actually, a parishioner was just telling me not too long ago that, uh, and that's another thing to bring up, by the way. Uh, this parishioner. Uh, particularly, you know, his wife is going through cancer treatment and, you know, really scary stuff. And so this is the thing, too, to remember that there are a lot of people who are, during this pandemic, um, they're, you know, on top of that, they're dealing with other stuff, too. You know, they're dealing with with sickness and death and in other ways. And so it's kind of piled on, right? And uh, but he was telling me the same kind of thing. He, uh, he's kind of telling me the same thing that you told me that he doesn't really he doesn't really fear uh, dying, but rather the process of dying. And I can well, we understand gotta, that. We, yeah, we, Go we've got to take a break right now at the bottom of the hour. But uh, we really need to discuss this further. This is really, I think, very very important information. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Touching the lives and the hearts of our listeners with the Word of Christ. Sharper Iron is such an incredible, amazing gift. I thank you so much for what it's doing for me and what I know it must be doing for a lot of other people. God bless. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO. 
Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Oratio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. Could it be that some Supreme Court justices are hinting that it's time to revisit Roe v. Wade, the infamous 1973 ruling that legalized abortion on demand in the United States? That's the topic of discussion on World Lutheran News Digest, Wednesday at 2.30 and Saturday at 9.30 on Worldwide KFUO. I accept the honor which the American people have conferred upon me. Today marks the birth of the 33rd President of the United States, Harry S. Truman. He never went to college, but was educated not only in history, but in a thorough knowledge of the Bible. With the sudden death of President Franklin Roosevelt on April 12, 1945, a little-known vice president became president of the United States in what would be the final year of World War II. On April 16, 1945, President Harry Truman addressed a joint session of Congress. Using words from 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, he said, As I have assumed my heavy duties, I humbly pray, Almighty God, in the words of King Solomon, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Guest pastor today is Pastor Andrew Preuss of St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches in Gutenberg, Iowa, and in, uh, sorry, Pastor, I forgot the other city. <laughs> oh, uh, it's uh, St. Paul and McGregor, Iowa. McGregor, that's it, McGregor. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, people about reacting to this uh to this pandemic, you know, it's something that we've never seen before, and, and we're we're trying to learn how to do it. One of the things we discussed uh, before the break was the fear of, of of dying itself, the actual process of dying. And and if I'm reading scripture correctly, uh, where Jesus Himself asked God and asked the Father to to spare Him of this, it it seems to me that He's saying. It's okay to be afraid of the process. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, a, it's kind of a mysterious thing. Um, yeah, I mean, God is not, uh, God, God is not uh, 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 kind of, he's not going to fail you because you have fear, because you, 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 uh, you, because you fear the process. <clears throat> you know, it shows that you're not callous. 
And uh, so I think what's going on there is Jesus is in his humiliation. You know, as the eternal son of God, as the eternal, you know, in his divinity, he obviously has no fear. But uh, in his human nature, he really does have a, a real fear. And he shows us that that fear is, is overcome by, uh, by, the, by a true faith. And so, so, so yeah, that, you're right. I mean, if you are feeling the trepidation of death, of the process of death, um, what Jesus teaches you to do is to go to God and turn to him. You know, my eyes are ever toward the Lord uh, is what uh, uh, I think that's Psalm 25, you know, that he will, he will, he will rescue me out of, out of the pit. Um, you know, this is, uh, so this is what it means to fear God is to is to have your your focus placed upon him and uh so yeah if you feel again if you feel the trepidation then uh then don't despair you know and so it it's you know and i guess but the word okay it, it just kind of depends on what you mean by that is uh is it uh are you sinning when yeah, you that's what it's getting at it's, it's not a sin you know, to be afraid like, of that and it's and in a sense, yes, it's a, there's a sin. But the, the the thing that we understand about sin from the scriptures is that sin is 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 within us all the time, and we were always battling against it as Christians. So you can't. It's kind of hard to dissect that true fear of God, that true godly, you know, sinless fear, and that fear of death, which is sinful. Right, that that trepidation that, that John talks about in his first epistle, it's hard to kind of dissect those within us because we kind of experience both of them at the same time. But you're right, in the example of Christ, in the example of Christ, we find that he actually does fear. And yet we see that that trepidation is actually, that what, what looks like trepidation is actually a fear of God. And so in Christ, it looks like he's sinfully fearing, fearing men, right? <laughs> That's what it looks like at first. But, you can, but if you pay attention, you see how he commends it to God. And he says, not my will, but your will be done. And, and, uh, and so this, is, this gives us an example in our suffering, uh, even as Christ did this for us. We find, we learn that, that if, if you, that, that, you fearing God is often going to feel very similar to fearing death, right? And so that's why we can't simply rely on our feelings. Uh, we need to go to the Word of God and see, well, what does the Word of God uh, direct us to do in these cases, and what does it promise to us in these, in these circumstances? Uh, and so, so is it okay to feel this way? Of course it is. In that, in that God's not going to cast you out because you have this feeling. But the question is, is this godly fear or is it a worldly fear? And look to Christ and you will see an example of godly fear. So, so I, so I, I want to say, yes, it's okay to feel fear. Um, in fact, it can be very good to feel fear if it's true godly fear, if you are fearing God. That is, if you are going to him in prayer and you're trusting in him and commending yourself to him. Um, and to his promises, uh, but that can often that feeling again can often feel the same way as uh, sin. 
uh, as a sinful fear. And so it's, it's a similar kind of thing with with uh, sorrow, uh, repent, like there's there's a sorrow that leads to repentance and sorrow that leads to despair. They can often feel very similar. Like if you if you wake up in the morning and you and you realize you had too much to drink the night before and you just feel really guilty and really bad about it, that's not a bad thing. You know that that that's the the law has actually pricked your conscience. And uh, but what what you learn to do from Christ. And from the promise of Christ and what he has done for you is to take comfort in the mercy of God, uh, in the favor of God, which is won for you um, by, by Christ's atoning sacrifice and is just secured for you by his resurrection. Um, but again, that can feel very similar to someone who's just despairing and waking up and saying, oh, man, I feel just terrible. And so I'm just going to go and do it again because what's the point anyway, right? So, again, our feelings can, can often seem very similar to godless kinds of, you know, feelings of despair. But God is working within us both to, to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And you go back to uh, the, where, the, where what I'm quoting there is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. And what he says right before that in verse 12, I believe, he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? Well, why? Why do you have that fear and trembling? Because God's the one working it through you. So if you feel this trepidation, be wise, you know, be on your guard that the devil would love for the, to, to turn that, that fear and trepidation into a fear and trepidation of men and of death. But in Christ, the Holy Spirit turns that into a godly fear, which, which, which casts your anxieties on him who cares for you. Well, I've got some, uh, I have some acquaintances in the medical field, and several of them have said something very interesting to me, is that uh, occasionally when they talk to a patient and tell them that they're terminal, instead of being afraid or sorrowful, they're almost happy. You know, at last, you know, that I'm, I'm going to be free of these problems, at last, uh, I, won't be af- I won't be in pain anymore. Yes, I am looking forward to this. Yeah. yeah, you know, remember, um, I'm, you know, I'm sure you remember um, uh, uh, Maggie from the LCMS, Maggie Kerner, who uh, yeah, died sure. of, uh, yeah, and this was Brain definitely cancer, a case, was it? yeah, she had glioblastoma, and uh, she was active all the way through it, and she, uh, and uh, the, the joy that this woman had going through this process of dying to me it was just it was awe-inspiring just incredible yeah yeah it was as if and she, even wasn't she was dying. In, yeah even though she was in pain and and knew uh, that that her physical abilities would be uh, terribly terribly curtailed along the along the way but there was still this joy that she had i'm just i am just in awe of that woman yeah, and it, it's almost like God just takes away every vain uh, thing in which your old Adam wants to trust, and all you're left with is just Him and His promises. And uh, and I can I can kind of I think I can understand. I mean, it'll I it'll be someday I'll go through the same thing. Um, and really, it's something that we should all go through every day, that we should just realize we're going to die and to put our hands in God's hand. Even if you're perfectly healthy or you seem to be, 
um, that you you should commend yourself to God and know that learn to number your days, as as Moses says in, in Psalm 90. And there is something very freeing about that. There's something, uh, it's very liberating because you are really, you're casting off the old Adam. And uh, and we all have to do it, you know, in, in, in some sense. <clears throat> and some people do it in a much more, uh, you know, hands-on way, you know, when they have uh, kind of, a, you know, like a death sentence with cancer or something like that, and they, a terminal illness, and they just know that their hour is fast approaching. And, and so it kind of, it takes away... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like the decision's been made for you. So stop. There's no point in getting anxious about it. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. So what are you going to do? You know, trust in Christ and rejoice in him. <laughs> so, well, I really relate to that. I, I, I've mentioned before in this program, I don't know if I'd mentioned it to you, but, uh, uh, a number of years ago, I had a rather bad heart attack and I oh, was okay. in, uh, oh yeah. And, uh, I was in intensive care. And the weird thing about it is it was one of the most peaceful t times in my life. Because suddenly, as you said, I had no worries. You know, <laughs> it was, I was either going to get better or I was going to die, in which, in which case I'd be with God. If I lived, you know, I'd go back to my family and friends. And the whole thing was out of my hands. So why bother? Why worry? So I didn't. I just... Uh, <laughs> I don't quite know how to explain it. It was almost a feeling of euphoria. Yeah. Yeah, there was, I, I, I experienced that once, something similar once when I was, uh, um, when I was 12, I was, uh, we went uh, on a ski trip for, uh, for a field trip. And uh, it took me forever to get up that stupid bunny hill. And I finally got off and then I was on a, the ski lift and it was my first time ever on a ski lift and first time ever going skiing and I was I slipped off somehow and my and I was hanging there and I was up like 30 feet or something like that 35 feet in the air and they stopped the ski lift because they saw that I was hanging there and then uh I, I had dropped my skis and it got to the point where I just couldn't hold on any longer and I prayed the Lord's Prayer and they and I I blacked out when I when I when I dropped, but um, I just I remember having that similar kind of peace, you know, just knowing that, you know, Jesus died for me, and if God's going to take me now, then then so be it. And uh, and I was and there's nothing there's really nothing better than to be prepared for God to take you. Like there's nothing more peaceful uh, and 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 assuring of a feeling to know that. Hey, God is God's going to take me now, and that's a, that's and that's the kind of that's the kind of sense of that's the kind of faith and preparation that God that the Bible, the Scripture calls us to every day is to be ready, you know, be watchful. And when you're watchful, you actually yes, there's fear and trepidation that goes along with it, but at the end, it 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 really is a it's a peaceful, very peaceful uh, experience, if I may say. Uh, use that word, you know, it's, um, it's something, uh, because you're relying on God's promise. You got, you have nothing else to rely on. You can't rely on your own strength. I mean, in my case, my, and you know, my strength is literally, I couldn't hold on anymore, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you, 
And so, yeah, those are very peaceful moments uh, for a Christian who has just learned to rely on God's promise to, to forgive you of your sins and to, to raise you up. And, and maybe that's one of the lessons that we can learn from this pandemic situation is that we are mortal and we are not mm-hmm. going to live forever on this earth, at least not, not, not until the resurrection. Uh, we have all known people. I know I have, I assume you have too, uh, known people who just suddenly died with no warning, no, no, no indication that something was wrong and they just suddenly gone. Yeah. You know, there may be a traffic yeah. accident, maybe, you know, it's, you know, I, I know I may, I might not wake up tomorrow. I'm aware of that. Yeah. That's how my grandpa died. It was just boom. So no, no one expected it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's uh go ahead. Sorry. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe this is the lesson of this pandemic is to drive into us again, our mortality, that this is out of our hands. All we can do is to is to prepare for the final for the final act, and uh, yeah. there's no reason also, to you, fear that. Yeah, and an, an analogy that I've been using a lot um, is uh, is how we're, we're kind of seeing how sausage is made, um, because uh, you know you look for example at you know we find out about um, like. Younger people actually, there's there's certain cases of younger people getting, being affected by this and and uh, dying of stroke and stuff like that, and you know it's a very small percentage. Um, and I was reading this article that was really helpful explaining it, and it showed that the percentage was really this, about the same percentage as those who usually are hospitalized for you know respiratory kinds of kinds of things. And so really what that what that kind of told me was, you know, wow, if if we were always if we if we were always uh, uh, exposed to all of these these cases of people in these stories of people dying, if we if we if we were exposed to this all the time, you know, even with or without this pandemic, I think that people would be a lot more (laughs) uh aware of and, and probably more panicking um about uh about the the, the imminency of death and because that, that's the thing is that people die every day and that's not to put that's not to, to 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 minimize what's going on at all but it's rather to just it's rather to do the opposite to show that no this is a reality that is always there and it's very easy for us to ignore it and people die of rare diseases and common diseases every day and death is horrible. And we live we, we we live in a society which has really been able to probably more than any society uh, in years past has been able to ignore death for the most part. Um, you know, unless you work in a profession that is that requires you to be around it a lot, um, you know, it's it, it's something that is uh, that that. It, 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 death is a subject that is really not uh, it, it's not very close to home, even though it is, you know. It, it, and so I'm reminded of that hymn, uh, I Walk in Danger All the Way. And the, the one of the stanzas says, uh, death doth pursue me all the way. Um, you know, a failing breath and eye in death's strong grasp may lie to face eternity for a 
death doth pursue me all the way, you know, and, and, uh, and, and that's something that we need to, we really do need to have on our minds all the time. And, and, uh, and so, you know, people have no problem eating, eating sausage until they can, you know, until they see a video on how it's made and then maybe they have second thoughts. And so, you know, people have <laughs> no problem living their lives without panic um, while people are dying of terrible diseases every day. And then suddenly the new, that becomes like the main topic on the news. Um, and, uh, and so you, you know, it's obviously people are going to panic. And um, so the goal is to not panic, but at the same time, not make ourselves numb, uh, you know, and cold toward, uh, toward the reality of death. Um, because that's a loveless thing that, that, that's some, that's kind of a trick that the old Adam pulls in order to prevent us from having to love our neighbor, uh, and care about our neighbor and also preventing us from having to uh, commend ourselves to God and pray to him and, and ask him for his mercy. Um, you know, going back to normal, you know, we talk about normal and the new normal and stuff like that. Well, what is that? What really should that be? What should our normal be as Christians? It should be dying every day. And facing our mortality, as you said, every day and commending ourselves to God every day and praying for our for for our neighbor, you know, <clears throat> every day and, and, and caring about those who are going through, you know, very real uh, 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 life threatening uh, situation. So so I, I hope that that is what we can learn from this to to uh, to appreciate more. The, uh, the grace of God in Christ and the crucified and risen Christ, which saves us from sin and death. Well, you also mentioned uh, something about the new normal. Now, what is the new normal? I'm, I'm thinking, for example, uh, in my parents' generation, you, uh, you know, uh, antibiotics weren't available until after World War II. That wasn't that long ago. I mean, Germany surrendered, so what, 75 years ago, this date. Uh, that had an enormous impact on the health of people, the health of the nation. Uh, when I was a kid, I remember polio. And in fact, my uh, my yeah. late wife actually had polio. And really? Wow. Yeah. But then, the, uh, but then the vaccines came along, and that's no longer a fear. That became the new normal. You know, infections could be fought. This horrible disease yeah. of polio, we no longer have to worry about. So those yeah. are some of the new normals. So what are we going yeah. to do with this new normal? That's that's the question. Well, and 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 this kind of gets to my point about about normal is is that normal for us as Christians should be calling upon God um, every day. You know, from from the I was just uh, reading a, a, a psalm to my family last night, and from the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. I think that's Psalm one thirty one. Um, and, uh, and, and so, but, but anyway, uh, you, you say, you speaking of polio, my grandpa on my mom's side, this is really interesting. My grandpa on my mom's side had, had polio and, uh, and polio left him deaf. And, uh, and, and, and it's interesting how God works through, works through these things because his family was not Lutheran. He was in Michigan. Um, I believe that he came from some sort of a, a, a Catholic family or kind of fall away Catholic or something like that, but they weren't Lutheran. Um, and neither was my grandma's family. Her family were all reformed. 
And uh, they both became Lutheran because there was a Lutheran school for the deaf. And uh, so because he was deaf, he became a Lutheran. And, uh, and, the, and the long-term result of that was that my mom was raised Lutheran. And, uh, and then she went to a Concordia, Concordia Ann Arbor, and met my dad, who obviously came, comes from a long line of Lutheran, of Lutheran generations. And so it's interesting that God worked through polio um, to bring about my mom being raised Lutheran <laughs> and, uh, and really, you know, bringing my brothers and my sister and me about, you know, through, through that. And so God works good through this stuff, too. And uh, we, we should always remember that, that we, we thank God for these vaccinations and these treatments that are able to, to help cure and, and treat these multiple diseases, but what God does behind the scenes, um, you know, what we can accomplish, what we think that we can accomplish, just doesn't compare to the to the the grace that God is working in His providence um, and through His Word. Well, Pastor, we're coming up to the final couple of minutes of the program here. Uh, what are your final thoughts and advice to the audience? Uh, my advice, I guess, would be to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Um, you know, use this time to, to read your Bible. Uh, call your pastor up, talk to him. Call up other Christians, talk to them. And, uh, and if, you, uh, if you are able to, to uh, safely go out um, to, you know, with a good conscience, uh, do so and, and 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 receive the Lord's Supper. You know these are, you know God is testing us, not to drive us to despair, but to drive us closer to His Word. And uh, and whatever you do, um, do so with a good conscience that is uh, ruled by the by the love of God in Christ Jesus. Could you perhaps close out the program with a prayer for us? Yeah, sure. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are the one who uh, creates the, the darkness and the light, and uh, you are the one who makes wars cease throughout the earth. You are the one who sends the, the, the pestilence and, and famine. And we ask that throughout all of these things that you would work good uh, for those who are called according to your purpose, uh, for those who love you, um, Forgive us all our sins and, and uh, direct our, our hearts to, to, uh, to prayer and to meditation in your word and your promise uh, through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, indeed. And remember that all this is in his hands and he's the one who does it. You've been listening to Let's Talk, the Pastors In. I'm program host Kip Allen, and our guest pastor today was Pastor Andrew Price from St. Paul and from Trinity Lutheran Churches up in Iowa. Until next time, God bless you all. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. 
Thank you for listening and supporting. The Pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.